This is the DiPietro and Rothenberg Podcast. Yep. Listen live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 a.m. on 98.7 ESPN in New York. Yep. The ESPN New York app. Yep. Or on your smart speaker by asking it to play 98.7 ESPN. This is DiPietro and Rothenberg. Green on the drive. Guarded by Achua. Swatted away. Achua with the block. Last second heat. Off the mark. From Holiday! Did they call a foul? Oh, boy. Great call. Next question. Brunson, terrific second half. Fight all the way back. And that's what they do. They call that garbage at the end of the game. Force, poop, bush league. I cannot believe what happened last night. Tough way to lose a game. Tough way to lose a game. This is DiPietro and Rothenberg. Great. Great. On 98.7 ESPN. So that's a foul. Give him three shots. Five minutes later, that's not a foul. We shouldn't have called it. Knicks get hosed last night. Philadelphia wins last night. Knicks now tied for that 4-5 spot, which is a far cry from where they were about 10 days ago. One more game. Get me to the All-Star break, please. Yeah, we're actually, we got our half game up. I thought they have the same record, no? Uh, we have the same, same amount of losses is what it is? Same amount of losses, yeah. We mm-hmm. got one more win. We've already played 54 games before the break. Yeah, so, so this, uh, this idea of the midway point is just nonsense. No, so uh, that's 55 once we finish this last game in uh, Orlando. Right, so you have 27 games. So, so you're at the two-third point of the season. I'll tell you what, though, just sitting there during the break, that's what really pisses, uh, that's really what pisses athletes and coaches off just during the course of a game with officiating sometimes, or a lot of the time. Which is, is like, no, that last caller's point. The reason why like, it, everyone in the building knew that that was a, a brutal call and Tibbs is standing there. He can't challenge it because he loses a challenge that he should have won. Oh, no, it's no big deal. Well, yeah, it does turn into a big deal because now, biggest moment of the game, I could I could right. challenge this, but I can't because you made a, a previous call that stunk. Well, that's you're right. I mean, it just compounds it, but that's why some coaches will just, no matter what happens early in the game, will save that, that review for later in the game. Because oh, you never know. Because something that you think, like, oh, come on, that's brutal. It's, it's so obvious. Yeah, it's so obvious. No. Yeah, no, it was it was really really bad. We'll we'll get back to the Knicks. We got to get to a little bit of baseball. Let let's get to the NFL a little bit, shall we? We touched on this earlier in the show, and I, I was saying to Raymond at the break, you know, RJ and the way he's handling this, and it's very mature, and I'm very impressed by him. But what what's really upsetting, and I don't know why they're doing it, because just don't say anything about this, or or pretend you knew the rule. The Niners are coming out almost to a man. They had no, and I don't know. This is the reason they lost the game. In fact, I'm confident it's not. But they they had no idea what the what the overtime rules were in the NFL for the Super Bowl. They had no idea. It doesn't sound like it. It doesn't sound like to the point now where there are people that are just like uh, Chris Carlin said this the other day. He doesn't think that uh, Kyle Shanahan knew the rule. Kyle Shanahan knew the rule, which I have a hard time believing. That Kyle Shanahan. Well, okay, so like I mean, but even if Kyle Shanahan did know the rule and his you know his analytics people did know the rule, why does the team not know the rule? I I have no idea. I mean, this is this is not like learning how to play chess. This is like, guys, let's take ninety seconds at the end of practice and explain how this works. It's a new game that starts. It's each team gets a possession, and then it becomes sudden death. There, did I just explain it? Well, but not only that, though. Like, yeah, yes, you explained it. But I would even say, like, knowing it's going to be a closely contested game. Like for all these, this is not their first playoff game, right? Like, this is not like, hey, guys. Yeah, we made a mistake. Didn't let you know new rules. Now we got this next one. This was the Super Bowl. They've already played. They've already played two playoff games. 
So it was going to be the same overtime rules in those playoff games as well. Like, not just knowing the rule, but like, you always hear this from all the great coaches. You hear it from, you know, about Belichick. You're hearing it about Andy Reid now, bringing in rules experts, kind of hammering home, like, this is good. This is what we're going to do. Even when Dan Campbell, I mean, he, fellas, we're going to go down. This was the Dallas game. Remember in the season? He's like, yeah, and then we're going to go I, for two. Yep. I told the offense so they knew. So, like, wouldn't that be something that you talked about as you prepare for this game? Guys, it's, so you know if this thing goes into overtime, okay, this is how the rules work. We win the toss. We're going to receive it. We're going to go down and score. And if they go down and score, we want to have the ball with the third possession. What What would piss me off if I was a 49er player and not knowing this rule, like, I, I kind of be – like, I know the rule. Like, shouldn't you – you should probably know the rule. Even right. I mean, this, this, is, this is not a complex thing here either. No, no, but, like – the whole idea is we wanted for for Shanahan after the game. We wanted the ball on that third possession. Right. So we scored. Which they became scored, sudden so we, death. Okay, but there wasn't going to. So did your analytics nerds not say, "Hey, well, what if there is no third possession?" And it sounds like there wasn't going to be because Kansas City was going to go for two had they scored the touchdown. Followed up, you know, following up your touchdown. Right. So you're playing. So your whole mindset going in is we want the ball for the third possession when it's you know. Next person that scores wins. Well, well what, what happens if there's no third possession? Right. Well, think about this. If you are Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, would you rather one play to win the whole thing from the two-yard line, or would you rather tie game, now it's left up to their offense against our beleaguered defense? What would you rather have? I would rather the ball in my best player's hand, which exactly is Patrick that. Mahomes. Exactly that. So all the analytics and all the number crunching and all the nerds in the back room with their ties all the way up to their, you know, their, their – Adam's apple pressing buttons didn't realize that in that situation, you know what they're going to do? They're going to go for two. Of course, they're going to go for two. Well, yeah. Best case scenario is that they score. Like, we take the for them, I guess, in their mind would be we take the ball, we go down, score a touchdown, and then Kansas City comes down, and scores a touchdown. But why and would you assume that they wouldn't go for two? Well, that's what I'm saying, though. So even in your best case scenario, where you actually score a touchdown, there's still the chance that Kansas City scores a touchdown and goes for two, and you don't get the ball back again. But it doesn't sound it. like that was even a thought. It doesn't sound like it was a thought, no. It's it's amazing, and it's amazing to me that the Niners had no idea. Here's a couple of the guys. Kyle Juszczyk, who you would assume is one of the brighter players on the Niners, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, he's a Harvard guy. He's a Harvard guy. His wife, Long Island, by the way. Uh, his wife is uh, killing it right now. Uh, she's killing it. I think she went to Massapequa High School. Uh, Juszczyk saying, not aware of the new playoff overtime rules. You know what? I didn't even realize that the playoff rules were different in overtime. So I I assumed you just want the ball because you score a touchdown and win. But I guess that's not the case. So I don't really, I don't totally know the strategy there. No. No, we haven't talked about it, no. <laughs> Talk about throwing your coach under the bus. I don't, I don't really know what's going on. Yeah, that's a brutal look. It really is. I mean, that's a brutal look for the coaching staff, especially when you have on the uh, you know the other side of it where, yeah, we talked about it a lot, actually. Well, like we I, knew, you know, we Kansas City is like, do. we brought in the rules expert. Like, but do you really need that? Like, is this really that complex? Do you need to bring in a rules expert to explain how this plays out? Well, I think it's just in general, like, just to, so guys know exactly what they're doing. Like, it's if you're not surprised by anything, like, that's what the Patriots used to always talk about. Why were you guys so good? It's like, because we had all the answers to the test before the test. Right. Leave nothing to chance. I, I, I understand that, but it, it's not that complicated that you should, in theory, need to do that. 
No, but I guess I mean it's also you kind of want to explain the you kind of want to explain the strategy to your team so that everyone's on board with it. And they understand right, what right. they're trying no, to accomplish. I, I get it, but I, I I don't know, man. I'm 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 puzzled. Here's Eric Armstead of having no idea what was going on. I didn't even know about the new overtime uh, playoff overtime rule, so it was a surprise to me. <laughs> this is unbelievable. It really is unbelievable. They had no idea, and they're so free to admit it. What do you think about this? I had no idea what was going on. Yeah, like even what we talked about yesterday, like I could have, I could have at least understood if Kyle Shanahan after the game just said, "Listen, I, I mean, our defense was gassed." Like, I mean, we didn't in in theory, like they didn't even really, I mean, they didn't really stop them at the end of the at the end of regulation. It was the time. The time ran out, right? The time ran out, so they had to kick the field goal. So they really didn't stop them. So hey, you know, let's give them a breather. We'll take the ball. We're going to go down and score, and then you know, while we feel better about our rested defense there when Kansas City gets it, but. To say we're playing for the third possession. Well, what happens if there is no third possession? Right, and and there wasn't going to be. Right, the game was going to be decided. Right, so all your like. strategy and all your analysis and all your number crunching would have been right out the window when Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes were like, yeah, you do what you do, we're going for two right here. Yeah, I just don't know if I, I mean, just in general, like my, my mindset, I, even if I had all the analytics and the percentages and everything else, like to have the best player on the planet and have an extra down to go down and, you know what I mean? Like until... Down a touchdown, down a field goal, doesn't matter, whatever it was. Patrick Mahomes is going to get an extra down. He's going to get four He's downs get an extra every down, time. But it, it shouldn't have mattered. Like, if you block Chris Jones in that spot, you score a touchdown there. No, no, I, I understand that. But that's but again, that's football. I mean, if, if, you block, if you block McDuffie on the third and four and convert there, the game's over too. Like, I mean, guys make plays. Like, it's, it's football. Guys make plays. It's sports. Guys make plays. And... Great players make big plays. McDuffie's all pro. Chris Jones, one of the best defensive players in the league. They make plays. So they made plays, but that doesn't... I don't think that excuses the decision that they made. Patrick Mahomes is awesome. He hadn't... I mean, again, you didn't stop him at the end. The clock stopped him. So now you give him the ball with an extra down. So now he's going to have four downs to to, to move the football. He had the field four downs. That's right. So they're going to go for it every single time. And you knew, like, when they had the second and 14. Well, you know, now that they have three downs to get 14 yards. They don't have two downs to get 14 yards. They have three downs to get 14 yards. Yeah, I just, it changes the play calling. Yeah, no, I, you're not wrong about that. I just think the Niners had so many chances. so Like one play in like 20 different spots and you win that game. Dude, I mean, that, but that's, again, you that's go through sports. every game like that. I, I know, mean, but I, and that's what we love about sports. Right. Like, I mean, listen, Brandon Ayuk has three catches. Debo Samuel has three catches. Now, Brandon Ayuk's brother is not happy about Oh, not, not even a little catches. bit. How many how many catches did Kittle have? Uh, Kittle had two catches. Right. So so three guys that you could argue are all Pro Bowl worthy, all Pro worthy, combined for eight catches in five quarters. Ah, uh, right. That's uh, not okay. I mean, Juwan Jennings was probably going to be the MVP of the Super Bowl. Yeah, I was I was talking to Raymond about that yesterday. He probably was right. Yeah. I mean, threw for one, caught one, caught one. Last player to do that since. I don't want to get into it. Nick we know. Foles. Yeah, we we know. You don't need to bring that up. I figured I just kind of. I know what you figured you'd hammer it home a little bit. They made a statue of him. It's amazing. Wow! Listen, big time Super Bowl winner. I, I mean, so what, what should they have about Eli Manning? Oh, they should have a statue for Eli Manning. Uh, stat, statue? They, they could have a city of statues. I mean, come on, grow up a little bit. I don't know if you're gonna get a city of statues, but one statue. The guy, would be nice. the, guy, the guy goes on a magical run and wins a Super Bowl. And you're building a statue of him. 
Listen, for what years, if he was actually a good player? For years, the only statue in that town was of a fictional character. You got to take what you can get. Ray, how are you on the other side of this? I'm not on the other side you're on of the this. Wrong, you're on the wrong side I'm not of this, on the Ray. other side. I agree with you. I mean, the guy, the guy takes over midway through the season, has a magical run, le- leads you to a couple of uh, playoff wins, and now you build a statue. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, you, you got lucky to beat Atlanta. You played in a Case Keenum in Minnesota, and God knows how you beat New England, and we're going to build a statue? Yep. It's uh, embarrassing. Man, he's hung like a hell, uh, like a, a donkey, too. He's, he's naked in the statue? No. <laughs> yeah, but I mean... yeah, sure. The statue is naked, sure. <laughs> Let's go with that. Is he? No. no oh, so what are you talking naked, about? But it's... No, I'm saying he's got it's pretty good. You got, I mean, you're a Super Bowl champion. You got a statue and on top of that. I mean, that's a lot going on for you. He's got a nickname there in Philadelphia. And I guess he's, I'll tell I you guess, that during the break. By the way, I guess he's amazing at pickleball. Is really? that right? Like amazing at pickleball. Really? Yeah. Or- Orlovsky was talking about it yesterday. He said that Nick Foles is unbelievable at pickleball. Now, how, how would Orlovsky be some kind of a pickleball genius? Like he knows? Well, he played against him. You yeah, gonna challenge you him know, next? You don't know that Orlovsky's any good. Um. I'm not saying he's bad, but I mean, you're just taking Orlovsky's word for it. No, no, I think it's. I, I think I heard it before Orlovsky actually said it. And Orlovsky played with him that that Foles was really good at uh, pickleball, like real, like legit, like exceptional. Yeah, hmm. maybe it's like the counterbalance. I think he might have actually won something. I'll check on it. He won like a tournament. I think he might. He, he's like. He, I think he really competes. Really? Ah, uh, yeah, pickleball gold. Gold. Ah, uh, he played in the. 3.0 mixed doubles in men's doubles. Then he won gold. Yeah, he's, so he's legit. Well, good for him. In the PPA finals. The PPA, what's that? The, the pickleball, um, what's the other P? I don't, I don't know. Professional Pickleball Association. Yes, PPA. Is that it? PPA. Oh, how good am I? We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Thanks for listening to the DiPietro and Rothenberg podcast. I think they're listening to me. They're everywhere. I know you're here. Catch the show on demand wherever and whenever you want. Woohoo! Over here! Just subscribe to us, rate us, and review us wherever you get your podcasts. John Heyman. Jorge Soler, three-year deal with the Giants. Yeah, I saw that this morning. Reportedly uh, worth $42 million. Yeah, but we were never, there was never any, any talks of being, Mets being engaged with him at all. I, I know that, but I figured that was the guy you were probably interested in. Oh, I was, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know what's sad? Is Schindler's I, I, List. Uh, it's, it's more than sad. Right, that's, very yeah. sad. I'm not even that excited about spring training. Uh, well, you don't have huge expectations for your team. Like, I, I wanted to be, because you know how much I love baseball. I got my, you know, Milo's practicing on Mondays, getting all ramped up for some right. spring baseball, and I'm not that, like, I saw a video of Sean Manaya and I was like, Ugh. Yeah, because you, you don't have expectations for your team. It's hard, well, I don't know, in the NFL, even when the Giants are going to be bad, I'm still, couldn't be more excited, but I think baseball's more of your team over anybody else, and you look at the Mets and think, at best, they're going to be a mediocre team, and you don't have any juice, there's no excitement, and, and you're not excited. I, I understand why you would feel like that. Oh, do you feel differently? Are you excited? I mean, that's baseball. So I I'm just excited, like but... the start of baseball, so I'm excited by that. But n- am I overly excited about the Mets and, and what the season's going to entail? No, not really. No. And that's sad because I didn't think that, I mean, uh, I didn't think we would, I didn't think we would approach a season I would feel like that. I agree with you. With this new ownership. Like, I felt I like agree we, with we'd you. always be, like, you'd always be kind of chomping at the bit, like, okay, let's go. Right, that, that you know what Jorge Soler's of the world when they're available last minute, they're they're going to be Mets. But they've they to, they told us this is what they were going to do, and we didn't believe them. Right, but I understand. Listen, I understand. Okay, especially with I mean the, the money that they, that's already been spent for players that aren't going to be on the team. I like I understand that you can't just spend a you know boatload of money every single year. I get it. I mean, he he said he wants to be the Dodgers, you know, of the East, and he wants to be able to build this thing the right way. So. You know, with the the farm system feeding the major league club, and you know you can identify certain free agents that you want. But this thing is, you know, every year, you know, we want to consistently be able to compete. I get that, but I think you can do both at the same time. Like I think that this team, like the core group of guys in this team, is good enough that if you did make, you know, you need to add a bat. Like so, why can't you? Why can't you for one year add a bat? How like why would that throw off your long term right. plans well, if for you the do, team? Well, the only thing I'll say, and I agree with you, like why couldn't you have brought Justin Turner in for one year or or anybody in you know that you like, J.D. Martinez for one year, is that, and I don't agree with it, but I'm going to tell you their rationale. I think they want to get, like Mark Vientos is the world, at bats. And that is hard to do if you bring in a bat like that. Do you need to see more of Mark Vientos? I think they want to see him. Well, I know, I, I agree with you, but do you think you, I mean, do you think we need to see Do more? I need to know, but I'm not answering the question for me. You're, you're saying, right. what, what is their rationale? I think that's their rationale that I disagree with. Well, no, I just have a hard time believing, like, that you just, I mean, you, you re-up Nimmo, McNeil, you got Lindor, who had a good season for us last year, and then you have no idea really what's happening with Pete. Like, this could be the, like, the last year of Pete. Well, why not try to take advantage of that? Um, yeah, I think that they have a plan in place, and most Mets fans don't agree with it. I would have a hard time believing that there's anyone that really agrees with it. Uh, yeah, I don't really understand exactly what they're doing. We'll, we'll get to the whole Alonzo thing, and Stern speaks about that, and we'll get to that um, 
in the 8 o'clock hour. I got a nice email. You want a nice email? Uh, yeah. What's up, Dave? You guys are amazing. About a year ago, I used to listen to another morning show. One day, decided to see what all the conversation was about with you guys. You guys were cracking up about I'm No Bumpkin. It's hilarious. And I haven't missed a show since. All four of you, great. How about this? RJ's my favorite. He just sits back and throws darts at everyone. The show is so entertaining and informative. Dave, the best. Well, how could RJ be his favorite and I'm the best? But regardless. I'm No Bumpkin! Dave, the best. That's a good question. Rick, the funniest. RJ's observations, spectacular. Ray, the puppet master who controls everything and plays the week, phenomenal. Continue to be great. P.S. Please bring back the bumpkin drop, funniest drop ever. Rashawn Hollis. Nice. I'm no bumpkin! (laughs) (laughs) That is a good drop. You like that drop? That is a good drop. I like it a lot. So it's not only negative, this email. I can receive any sort of email. Uh, yeah. I, I just, I mean, I think there's, uh, all I'm saying is that the negative, the negative emails are getting more negative. Well, I mean, life in general, when people have access, typically it's more negative than positive, right? But these are like uh, very, well, very I mean, nasty. Twi- Twitter, more negative or more positive? Uh, more negative. Okay. I mean, people are drawn to negativity. Yeah. I, I just, I, I don't want your... Uh, DaveRothenberg.com to turn into a place that kind of... A, d- a dark place? Yeah. It's like the interwebs. <laughs> what are those uh, underground sites? Yeah, I'm going to the dark web, and what do you mean? Uh, DaveRothenberg.com, yeah. We'll go to underground casino parlors. Imagine we had like a now. blackjack site on, on DaveRothenberg.com. Uh, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Welcome in. Take a seat. <laughs> How much money and chips would you like to buy? <laughs> and, then, and then that has a link to OnlyFans? Uh, Take you anywhere you want to go. You can't even run Instagram. You ain't going to be doing OnlyFans. Any, any vice you have, we have it here at DaveRothenberg.com. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Let's go to Danny in Newark. Hi, Danny. Hey, how's it going, guys? Um, just wanted to point out, I mean, I think the players look worse in that we don't know the overtime rules versus them throwing Kyle Shanahan under the bus because it just doesn't make sense what they're saying. You know, oh, I thought we score first, we win. Like, dude, a touchdown. The fact that you guys kicked the field goal, it's not even like that in the regular season. The regular season, overtime, you kick the field goal, you don't win. No, but that's... No, but, they didn't, they didn't mis- think they won when they kicked no, the field goal. No, you're misunderstanding. Yeah, what, Kyle I mean, ideas. No, no, stuff. hold on. No, Kyle Juszczyk was explaining. <laughs> they, they, they asked him, why would, you, why would you get the ball first? I was under the impression you get the ball first. We want the ball first because if we go down and score a touchdown, the game is over. Correct. Got you, got you. Okay, no, I just misunderstood what he was saying. I just thought he was saying, you know, score in general. But, I mean, still, I mean, in general, I mean, you don't know these rules by now. I mean, dude, you're professional. You're professional. Well, you no, don't that's know not the fair. Rules. You say you don't know the rules. You should know the rules. And thanks for the call, yeah. Danny. You should definitively know the rules. But you say you don't know the rules by now. The rules have been in place for how long? Not for very long. Oh, a couple of years. But it's not like you've seen it used no. over and over and over. You know yeah. what I? You know what would have been but quite Dave. a funny look? What? Come on, man. I mean, it's it doesn't surprise me. I mean, in the hell, we played a Tony Pollard clip. He didn't even realize that Dan Quinn was <laughs> was gone. You know what I mean? Like it's, but you, you got to assume that guys don't know. I guess that's my problem. But but in just in general, like just as a as a tip to coaches, just always assume that even the simplest things, just say like tell everyone so they know because not I, I can promise you, not everyone knows. 
Like, just go in assuming, and it may be for the people that do know, like, oh, God, we got to listen to this. Yeah, well, you know, I promise you, some guys don't know. I'm, I'm sure that's the case. What would have happened if Purdy hits Jennings in the corner of the end zone and you score the touchdown? Do they run out onto the field as if they won the Super Bowl? Can you imagine that? Wouldn't you assume that's what would have happened? Even better, even better if Kansas City gets the ball first, goes down, scores a touchdown, and then just, the Niners just walk off the field. <laughs> They're in the shower. <laughs> I can't. Oh, I can't he's, he's, this. he's done. He's, he's in, the, uh, in the media room. These, these overtime rules are so unfair. Uh, they have, how do you have no idea? I will never understand how the guys no. had no idea. Never. No, no idea what the overtime rules were. Yeah, that's a, I mean, it's a bad look for everybody. Um, it really is. All right, ready? Here we go. Television's been around for, well, what would you say television started? Like the, the 40s, 50s, it became very popular, right? Is that fair? Uh, I, I, I guess, yeah. So it's been around for, let's say, 75 years. Something in that range. Is that is that fair to determine okay. it at? Okay. All right. Uh, leave it to Beaver. I Love Lucy. Three's Company. MASH, right? Great shows that we've had over the, the course. Yep. Seinfeld over the course of uh, of TV history. How many How many TV shows in the history of the medium would you say had more eyeballs on it than the Super Bowl from the other day? Oh, there's been nothing ever. That's correct. No program in the history of television had more eyeballs on it than Kansas City and San Francisco in Super Bowl 58. It says the TV was invented in 1927. Really? That's what it says. Well, but I don't think it, because, I mean, I've heard from my dad. He, he used to listen to radio programs when he was little. Yeah, well, so when it, it got popular. Wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't popular in the 20s. It maybe, says maybe elect- the, electronic television was first successfully demonstrated in San Francisco on September 7th, 1927. But I wonder at what point it started to become like household items, right? Like everyone yeah. had one. Yeah, I can check on that too. Yeah, I saw the same. I saw the same thing you did about the uh, that Super Bowl. It, that's unbelievable. It was the most watched telecast ever. Total audience of one hundred and twenty three point four million average viewers across all platforms. How many? And I know we're not going to know this. We we'll have to look it up. So you're going to oh, don't put us on the spot like that. How many people do you think we have in this country? Oh God, I mean, I'm thinking that we're we're like almost half of of the country was watching the game. Uh, Google tells me it's 332 million. So one out of every, so so you really believe that two out of every three people were not watching the game? Well, did, does this take into account to the I mean, the amount of people that were at? Like, does this count if you were at a party? I'm a Swifty. Well, no, you're not. Uh, how many um, people were like? If you had, you know, one household had how many people? Oh, right. If one household has twenty people. Now, right. do, do I get credit for one, or do they assume? Yeah, no. It probably, I, how could it? You couldn't. You can't know how many people are at, at each individual party. Well, here's the thing, though. The 123.4 was average. It said more than 200 million watched all or part of the Super Bowl. Did you see? God, I forget who it was now. Some somebody famous, an athlete, went to the game, wasn't enjoying it. Tommy Pham. Tommy Pham yeah. went home and watched it on his big screen TV. Yeah, Tommy Pham. And RJ couldn't go to the game, so Tommy Pham could go for 15 minutes. Yeah. And then as he went back to his house, saw someone from his fantasy football league and slapped him right in the face. <laughs> um, speaking of slapping someone in the face, Amani Toomer are going to join us in just a few moments. 1-800-919-3776. So let me set the schedule for you. Shall I? Uh, you shall. Uh, Amani Toomer in five minutes. Then we have CMT. 
We got to get to the calls and the Pete Alonzo story. So a lot coming up. 1-800-919-3776. DNR with you. 98.7 ESPN. I'm not going to complain. Just one of us on the show does reads and one doesn't. From Thanksgiving all the way to the big game is typically a sports fan season of eating. But now it's time to get ready for spring training. Reach out to NJ Diet today. The results are nearly twice as fast as weight loss injections and without any of those nasty side effects. With NJ Diet, you're going to lose 20 to 40 plus pounds in only 40 days, contractually guaranteed. They use your hair and saliva along with scans to personalize natural solutions and supplements that get your body into the fat burning zone. Then NJ Diet uses your DNA info to help you keep the weight off. Lose a contractually guaranteed 20 to 40 plus pounds in only 40 days. That's much quicker than the injections and safer too. NJ Diet is all natural, no hormones, no prepackaged foods, no shots. You even get Dr. T's personal email and phone number. Call 855-5NJ-DIET. That's 855-5NJ-DIET. Or schedule your consult today at njdiet.com. That's njdiet.com. Thanks for listening to the DiPietro and Rothenberg podcast. Looking for more access to the show? Why? Because you know why. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at DR on ESPN. I got your nugget. You got a nugget? I got your nugget, yeah. What, the TV? Yeah, this is what I do for the show. All right. So it said TV replaced radio as the dominant broadcast medium by the 1950s. Right, which is what I said. Okay, so approximately 8,000. This is crazy. So approximately 8,000 U.S. households had television sets in 1946. Wow. By 1960, 45.7 million had them. Wow. So in 14 years, it went from 8,000 to almost 46 million. Yep. Certainly exploded on the scene, huh? But, oh, it, but yeah. it's, it, it's amazing. It was invented in 27, and it didn't become, like, household popular until the 60s. Yeah, that seems like, oh, I mean, just inventing it. got to get the quality of it. Right. Um, let's bring him in. I know you love him. You tell me all the time. He is um, Giants legend, the great Amani Toomer. Good morning, Amani. Hey, good morning. How are you guys doing? We're sad. Football's over. We're very sad. Yeah, I, I feel you. I feel your your emotion. I, I get this way every year, especially when it's at the Super Bowl. It's like you're happy to watch the game. You're happy to see who's champion and then what's next. Oh, you got to watch a whole bunch of NBA. You got to watch some hockey. Well, hockey's good. NBA, they're both good, but they're not football. You know what I mean? They're, they're good. Certainly they're not. good. They can pass your time, but they're not going to get you watching TV for eight hours on on uh, on Sunday watching a red zone. Hundred percent. So, I mean, this has now become a wildly incredible topic to get into, and I'm sure you've heard it that the guys didn't know the overtime rules. A couple things. Yeah, that's ridiculous. How 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 is that possible? That, 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 I mean, Kyle Juszczyk, Eric Armstead, they had no idea what the overtime rules were. So, I mean, there's got to be blame that's placed on, on the coaching staff for that, right? Absolutely. It's absolutely the coaching staff. Because, you know, I played for two different coaches, and the, the, the vast difference is it, caught, it won us a lot of games. I played for Jim Fossil, great dude, great coach. But, you know, we never, we weren't a detail oriented or a bunch. We made to a Super Bowl, but we lost. But when I played for Coughlin, every scenario that we ever had, we practiced at one point in time. Every two-minute scenario, every like weird halftime, you know, uh, connotation. Every it was it was so beaten to us over the years that every time something went up, went down, we didn't even think about it. We just was like, oh, we practiced that, you know, a couple months ago. And that's when that's what it's called being prepared. And not only not prepared, but we talked about it. We watched videos of it. And sometimes when you think about it, you're like, 
you're in the meetings and it's, you know, it's training camp, you're tired, you're sitting there and you're like, why are we going over these random scenarios? And then they happen and you're like, oh, oh I get it. You know, it's one of those situations. Yeah, I try to explain to Dave Amani that you just have to, as a coach, you have to assume that not everyone is putting in the work, not everyone knows exactly, even the simplest stuff. Like, just assume no one, not everyone knows it, so you should just repeat it. Um, let's just pretend for a second that Kyle Shanahan did. I got to imagine Kyle Shanahan knew the rule, and he talked to his uh, his analysts and everything else. Well, what would you have done in that spot? Would you have taken the ball first, or would you have, have kicked off to Mahomes? I would have kicked off to Mahomes because, I mean, I, would have, I wouldn't have taken the ball first. Because the advantage of knowing that you're in four-down territory the whole time, it takes away all the guesswork and it takes away all the, uh, you know, the, the fact that both of those teams could not stop each other at the end of the game. And the fact that, um, uh, that you, know, you just know clearly when, when the game is going to end. If it's fourth down and you don't get a first down, it's over. So you, you, you know exactly what you need. But if what if you were to... What if the Niners would have got the ball and had to punt in the, you know in, in opportune time? It would have been the same situation. So uh, before they got down and were able to score, it just would have made the whole thing a lot easier for the second team. I just I don't understand why they would they would do that. But you know, old school people just oh I want the ball. You know, I remember when I was growing when I was playing. Every every time you got every time you um, won the kick, you you took the ball like it was just something you did, and not not. Not even thinking about the second half. Not even thinking about doubling up between, you know, scoring in the second half possession, and then getting the ball at the end of the, at the end of the, the second quarter, and then getting the ball again back at the beginning of halftime, getting two back-to-back possessions. It didn't even come across our mind, but that's just how the game is advanced, and this, the analytics have done a good job in getting people to. Um, you know, going forward on fourth down, it's just a more exciting game now than it was back back back. Uh, just a, just a couple short years ago. Amani Toomer with us here, 9870 ESPN. Uh, I had a real issue with that. I think Rick did as well. Niners come out in the second half, and instead of feeding, I think, their best player in McCaffrey, they're throwing the ball all over the place. Did you have an issue with that? No, I, I didn't because I think that the, I think the game plan was early on try to make McCaffrey beat you because they were playing a lot of zone defense. They weren't playing man-to-man. They were kind of trying to confuse per- Purdy and just thought that they can contain um, uh, McCaffrey. But the second half, they changed their focus. You know, and they, 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 they changed their focus back to being a man-to-man team, for- forcing um, McCaffrey, forcing and, and playing McCaffrey a little bit more. Uh, I just don't know. I think the looks really what, what gave it to him. He did not have a – I mean, he had a good game. He did not have a huge game. Um, I, I just felt like, um, you know, he is one of their better players, but I, I would, I, I think the, the real issue in that game was, like I said before, the receivers could not get run after the catch and that's what they're known for. You know, and that's what the Niners offense really goes for. You see a lot of you thinking dunks by Brock Purdy and if Debo Samuels and Ayuk and, and Kittle aren't getting the ball and running an extra 10 yards, that offense really doesn't work the same way. So, Imani, what did you think of uh, Brock Purdy? I thought he was fine. I thought he, I thought he played well. I mean, I, I, I wasn't super like, oh, man, he, this guy's doing great. I thought he was, you know, he, he runs the offense. He does a good job of getting the offense. He's, you know what he reminds me of? He's like a Jason kid. You know what I mean? You get everybody the ball. He doesn't really, you know, worry about scoring. You know, worry about his own self and his own statistics. I just feel like 
he's a quarterback that you can build a team around. And I, I feel like he is what most quarterbacks should be in a sense that they just give the ball to the players. That he knows the, the, um, you know, he knows the, uh, the down and distance, he knows the situations, and he puts the LV, the, the great players in position to win. I, I think he's fine. Omani, where do you – I mean, this is his third. He's 28 years old. He's been to six AFC championship games, four Super Bowls now. Where where do you put it's Mahomes not, as far as the great quarterbacks of all time? I, I think it's incomplete. You can't – I mean, the, the, fir, the body of work is something we've never seen before. I mean, the closest thing would be Tom Brady, but when Tom Brady was – he was much older when he won his uh, his third championship, <laughs> when he went back-to-back. And then he had a drought for like 10 years, remember? Um, so I, it's going to be interesting to see if this team, and the funny thing about it is the way it's built, they have a really strong defense, and they have just guys out there at receiver, and that reminds me of young Tom Brady. But he finds a way to make everybody – I, he finds a way to win. Like he wins in so many different ways. There's how do you? There's no way to take him out of the game. It's the strangest thing uh, about Mahomes, and I think we're witnessing something that's going to be even better than Tom Brady because I don't see him stopping. I don't see him getting any worse. I don't see him stopping. I it, this could be in five years from now we could be Brady who you know, and that's just how that's how sports works. The very average, some would say subpar pickleball player, Amani Toomer, joins us on the show. Uh, Amani, what so makes far. what makes Spags so good? Uh, what makes him so good is he knows what you're trying to do. And instead of sitting back and being passive about it, he's like, oh, yeah, you want to do that? Well, let me see if you can handle this pressure first. I mean, some of those blitzes were so keyed up on at the right time that it just was – it was like one team was playing checkers and the other in Spags was playing chess. You know, they had openings. They had, they had, they exploited the defense, but it didn't matter because, you know, either Jones was down I mean, in there, one of the, the safeties was coming in there. He makes you be a master of your protections, uh, especially at the, in, in game winning times that, uh, you know, like I said, you know, the other day, if you, if you watch this game and you see a lineman with no, no work to do, just stand there looking around, his head's on a swivel, and then there's an overload on the backside, that's the whole design of what Spags is trying to do. He's trying to get you and make you think you're hot, make you think you're, you have to side adjust uh, when you really don't because you're only actually bringing the, 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 the four, maybe five uh, rushers but it makes you think like he's bringing 10 because he's bringing all from the, from the, from the wrong, from the side that you're not expecting. So I was, I was pretty, I was impressed the way Purdy, you know, for the majority of the game, the way he handled it. But in game time and crunch time, I think there's no bigger game time uh, coordinator that I've ever seen personally uh, than, than Spags. He's phenomenal at, at confusing, not all the game, but at the right specific time to make people figure, not, not realize what's going on. So he's probably going to be a, a Hall of Fame assistant coach. He had one stint in the NFL, and he's been great for a long time now. Is he not worthy of getting a second chance at, at head coaching in this league? Oh, he is. He's definitely worthy. Um, but I think the, his shortcomings had nothing to do with his X's and O's. And 
being an X's and O's coach is great for a coordinator or a position coach. But when you're a head coach, you have to be more of a motivator. You have to be more of a psychologist to really get all the players together and get the most out of each specific player. And uh, I just don't know if he was ready at the time. I think now he's probably going to be better. I mean, it's easy to be a coordinator when all you have to do is just you can MF everybody, you can tell everybody, you know, you can beat people down, and then if they don't perform, you get somebody else in. But as a head coach, you don't have that luxury because you, you have to, like, get the most out of the talent that you have in, this, in the uh, era of, uh, of the salary cap. So it's a different dynamic. Like, you could be a, a mean manager, but the boss, you have to you have to be able to cultivate relationships and and get people to to, to it's just a, it's an entirely different job and I think that once you realize once the Spags kind of realize that it's like okay I'm good at this I don't know how good I would be as a head coach I think he definitely deserves a second shot though. Amani, do you have any problem with uh, Travis Kelsey bumping any real on the sideline like that? No, I, I just feel like there's the more cameras you get, the more of those types of things you're going to get. Um, I, I think that it was all out of, like, I don't think he was MFing him and like, oh, you're a jerk. He was like, I want the ball. I want, you know, when you're on the field and when you're playing, it's just like in hockey, I'm, I can imagine. You can't be the same person that you are now. Like, you have to, like, turn into, you have to almost hulk out. You know, you have to turn into somebody you're not to be able to play at a high level. And so it's not surprising. I mean, I, I've seen many times, I've seen Kiki Barber go off on people I mean, I've went off on people. It's like these mild-mannered people that all of a sudden, when you get them in a competitive environment, they're not the same person, and that's basically what happens. Not surprised. Happens all the time. You just more cameras and more people are watching every single move. That's why you're seeing more. Amani, I got to ask you. I mean, you didn't go to the actual Super Bowl, but you you went to Vegas, right? So, I mean, the Spearman mm-hmm. Rhino. Like, what did Vegas look like for you? I didn't do anything. My, my, me, I was with my brother and my family. Uh, my family came down. My, we, we just uh, um, we just closed on a uh, coffee shop out there. Oh, nice. And so me and my, my mother and my father all went and looked at the shop, and my brother's running it, and we're just kind of like, screw this coffee here in Vegas. And we're Todd. out there just trying to... Amani, yeah, uh, uh, so you know, Amani, yeah. so you know, our very own Raymond Santiago, who just turned 40 years old, his family is in the... They have uh, delicious, delicious coffee, if you're interested. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, this has gotten awkward. By the way, sure, you're, you're sure nothing happened in Vegas. You're, your secret is safe with us, Imani. No worries. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I don't. No, no, we got you. I've been to Vegas so many times. I used to live out there with my brother. It's just one of those things where I just know where I got to go and know where I don't have to be. It's um, a crazy place. It's a crazy place. Oh, yeah. It crazy really can fun. be. Listen. Good stuff. Good what stuff. Is all the season. Rhino thing. What is that? Oh, don't uh, like you don't know it's, it's, a health, it's, it's a health club. What is that? I don't even know what you're talking about. You know exactly what it is. You walk in there, they're like, "Hey, Amani." <laughs> Norm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Amani, you were just you were just here for lunch. I love it here. <laughs> um, we got to go, but listen, you were terrific all year. We appreciate you. We'll see you on the pickleball court, I believe, uh, at some point in the spring. And we'll probably uh, yes. we'll probably destroy you. So we look forward to that. And we'll talk to you. Yeah, we got our practice going, me and Anita, and um, we'll see. I did, I was I was humiliated the first time I played. So let me just uh, put it out there: I'm I'm not the greatest pickleball player. I haven't really played much, and I got dominated my first game. So yeah, we'll see. 
We'll see. He's not as confident now. But as thanks once, for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, great reconnecting with you and and um, and you guys. And just I don't know. I just had a great time doing it this year. And um, I was not. I only missed one time. So don't sit up here and say I was late or all this stuff. I was always on time. Okay. If you believe that, then that's the time. truth. Amani, thank you. We, we will talk to you real soon, man. Thanks a lot. All right. Uh, that, of course, is uh, is Amani Toomer. Yeah, he was like having Carmen Sandiego as a as a guest. Oh, where's Armani this week? Oh, he's in a different country. Right. Okay. Maybe we'll get him tomorrow then, or That's next right. week. That's right. He was in. Was he in in like South America at one point? Yeah, I mean, he was. Uh, you name it. That wasn't meant. By the way, I apologize. That wasn't meant to be awkward. I was trying to hook up. I mean, Raymond's family does the coffee beans. No, I know, but shop. he didn't. He didn't know where to take that. I mean, it, and I'm not lying. It's delicious coffee. It is. It is nice coffee. Raymond, that could be a nice little inn. I feel like Amani should know about the coffee. He follows me on Instagram, so well, he, listen, he, he lo- should be aware. How about this? We load your butt cheeks up with some coffee beans. We <laughs> send oh, it right over to Vegas. No. Why, why couldn't this you is, put it in a suitcase? Yeah, why do you have to go? go um, this is what we're talking about right here. The, right here. I don't, know, I don't know what gives those beans Find the taste. Find me on OnlyFans. Now we're smuggling beans. I go on OnlyFans. You watch? No. Really? No. Take ice cubes? <laughs> oh, but... <laughs> <laughs> And do what with the ice cubes? Melt them on your body? S- suck on them. Yeah. Oh. Find me on OnlyFans. <laughs> the fornication. Oh, yeah. No. Hot wax. Ugh. I'd be like a sexual camel. Ugh. Nothing? No. <laughs> the thought of you sucking ice cubes on like OnlyFans. A, like a, a choke collar? Makes me want to vomit. That's Drop nice. your pants and hammer them, right? What would the benefit? What's my benefit of watching you suck ice cubes? I don't know. Yeah, right. I'd be more turned on on just watching you. It, it turns me on more on Wednesdays when you start just rambling off where people went to college. You don't have to be so that? mean about it. You do that in something skimpy. Boogaloo. Really? So, so I wear like a singlet, and I'm like, <laughs> Nazareth to bone. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, you just answer. You just have people just, uh, where did he go to college? You so I'm in it. boxers and a tank top, and they're like Steve Kerr, Arizona. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Steph Curry, Davidson. Oh. Clay Thompson, Washington State. Oh. Nikola Jokic. Nope. He's European. <laughs> <laughs> like that 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 moves the needle for you? It does a lot. Mm-hmm. Ice cubes, no. No. There's no benefit to me watching you lick on ice cubes. Ugh. Oh. <laughs> When's it, I, when is this billboard happening? It needs to happen soon. It won't. It's happening. I, I, that's fine. Let it happen. I got one. I have one kid that uh, plays on. Uh, he's on a Milo's team. He's older than Milo. That every time I see him at practice, he goes drove by Hackensack the other day. That's a gonna can't wait to see Dave on the billboard in Hackensack. Really? Oh yeah. He's a fan. He's a big fan. He can't wait. He's like, oh yeah. When's Dave going up on the billboard? I was like, it it's happening. Soon. It's happening. I I would guess the summer. Uh it better because what 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 you know you're on your way to the beach. You see me and you know all my glory. Sets yeah, the tone. plus I think we want to give you some time to get you waxed up, right? maybe a little. Oh, pain. I'm gonna yeah, and I started the uh, the post Super Bowl diet yesterday. I, well, yeah, because we're we're through eating season. That's right. So now I had 1,100 calories yesterday. Picked that up again today. Get on the treadmill. And things, are <laughs> things are. So happening. we're gonna go with the, you're gonna starvation again. That's right. Great. So like yeah. when you stand up in the studio and you almost faint, that's great. <laughs> that was awesome. Not everybody knows that though. Yeah, they do now. It wasn't. Thanks for that. <laughs> they Appreciate do now. That. Um. RJ, hi RJ. 
Hi, Dave. Oh. I feel like I just want to nestle you in. No, thank you after the ice cube discussion. <laughs> RJ, would that get you going, watching Dave suck on ice cubes? No, yeah. I'd like to just stay over here. Like that kind of party? Not he a said party. He put, he, but RJ, like, like, maybe chew on them a little bit, nibble. He put, he put a choker on, too. Bosom, bosom, bosom. Yeah. I can be very seductive. No, you can't. What, what do you, you mean? Want a, you want a choker sucking ice cubes. Is, I don't think it's... Is, is one of you making a phone call? No, that's my, no. my computer's talking. That's great. Yeah. How dare you? It's, how dare you? It's how what dare you? you? Yeah. Hang on a second. Hey, Steve. How you doing? Dave Rothering, 98. <laughs> seven. Oh, wait, wait, yes. We're making phone calls. I, right? hear, I hear voices. I'm just telling you. <laughs> well, that's a you thing. Yeah, that's a you problem. <laughs> right. Maybe you should seek help for that. Thanks for listening to the DPHRO and Rothenberg podcast. Listen live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 a.m. on 98.7 ESPN in New York, the ESPN New York app, or on your smart speaker by asking it to play 98.7 ESPN.